welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a show that explores trends in security, technology, and society, and thinks about what might be coming next. I spend between 5 and 20 hours a week consuming books, papers, articles, and podcasts, which I turn into a concise 15 to 30 minute summary with analysis. There's a summary episode every Monday morning, as well as standalone episodes that are either me exploring an idea or discussing one with a guest. The goal is twofold to give you a concise update on the most interesting things happening around the world, and to explore ideas that hopefully give you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 241. Starting off with security news, the State Department's Global Engagement Center is a group that tracks foreign intelligence efforts, and they've released a new report that shows multiple Russian media groups collaborated to magnify the reach of various articles and narratives related to COVID-19. The articles promoted misinformation and conspiracy theories, such as the idea that the U.S. attacked China with a biological weapon, and that's what COVID-19 was. So they basically put out a whole bunch of these random theories and ideas, and then they use this network of media companies to broadcast them and make them look legitimate and hopefully have other actual legitimate groups pick them up and rebroadcast even further. The U.S. has announced a new clean network plan, which has three pushes. Clean network, which is about cloud services and such. Two, clean store, which is about removing malicious apps from app stores. And three, clean apps, which is about stopping dangerous apps from being pre-installed, or dangerous software, basically, from being pre-installed on manufacturer's equipment really does appear that the U.S. government has, in fact, had enough of China's crap, which I do think is positive. But I'm not sure this level of anti-China aggression is the right tone to hit right now with this. I feel like it's too much. I feel like there's a middle ground where we should actually be and we're just going too far with it. Just a feeling uh, of someone who obviously is not on the inside and doesn't have all the information, both of what China has done and what we've done already to counter it. So it's hard to say as a, as a non-insider exactly what the right balance is. Capital One was fined $80 million for its 2019 data breach. And I think they're actually opposing this. They're going to try to get out of this. The NSA says you should worry about location tracking on your mobile phone. They put out a three-page PDF is kind of like an advisory telling you how to do that and why you should do it. But I'm actually quite confused about their threat model on this. Who are they actually worried about getting access to this information? Is it like malicious app developers and or governments who wrote those apps, also known as China? Or are they worried about mobile phone providers themselves like AT&T and Verizon? Or maybe they're worried governments have access to those providers and can steal data by getting access, which would be a bit of irony coming from the NSA. But I think something like this advisory would be far more useful if it were paired with a realistic threat model for various types of users. So like regular people, journalists, security researchers, whatever, and then describe who might want to get those people's data as members of those groups and what they could actually do to stop it. I mean, they're basically saying, turn all this stuff off because someone might be able to get it. And that just does not seem realistic, therefore not useful. You have to tell specific groups why they're at risk from who 
And as a result of that combination, when you should turn something on or off, I, I think that's the level of resolution that they need to make something that's useful. And I don't think this three page PDF hit that standard. YouTube has banned thousands of Chinese accounts due to quote, coordinated influence operations, unquote. Most of the content from these accounts was really just spam, but there was some percentage that was misinformation around topics like COVID-19. And we mentioned this with Russia as well, but I think it's important to call out that what Russia is doing and what China is doing with misinformation is actually quite different. So what we've seen from China has been basically misinformation like pro-China marketing and anti-US marketing. Almost it's a PR type situation, PR around people's perception of China itself and trying to push the U.S. down and lift China up, whereas Russia is actually trying to sow discord inside of the U.S. and trying, you know, they're actually doing information warfare, which China is just doing public relations. That's my read on it as a an almost expert on this, but definitely not a real expert on this. That's my read is China is still in PR mode, whereas Russia's in information warfare mode. And I think that distinction is important. It's not all information warfare. It's not all the same just because it's misinformation. Talk at Black Hat last week did a deep dive on how a group of Chinese hackers penetrated the Taiwanese microchip industry and stole source code, SDKs, chip designs, and other content. And the U.S. is offering a reward of $10 million for information around election security tampering. This is a really smart move to make it so lucrative to help the situation. Incidents. 20 gigabytes of Intel's intellectual property was dropped on the internet, mostly consisting of documentation on products, including many under development or that have not yet been released. Tens of Reddit channels have been defaced to show pro-Trump re-election messaging. Wonder who could have possibly done that. I am actually wondering. It's not like I know, but it sounds very Russian-y to me. Have to wait and see what they come up with. I know the security team over there at Reddit, they're quite smart. U.S. Carlson Wagonlet pays $4.5 million in ransom. And Canon also got hit with a ransomware attack that hit their email, their Microsoft Teams infrastructure, their U.S. website, and other internal applications. Companies, Cyemptive, interesting name, Cyemptive, Cyber and Preemptive, is a company that tries to address the problem of ransomware by looking to make sure that your backups are not actually compromised as well. So very niche sort of situation. seems like anyone focused on whatever disaster recovery or business continuity could easily add this as a feature, but they built a whole company around it, which is pretty interesting. I think the space is big enough to do that because ransomware is such a big deal. And Census has raised $15.5 million to map the internet. They're basically a competitor of Shodan. There's a number of other ones out here, but Census and Shodan have been out there doing this for the longest. And Silverfort just raised $30 million to add stronger authentication to remote workers, which, again, just like ransomware, 
the whole idea of remote workforces is such a big market and growing market right now that just offering stronger authentication to just that workforce is, I think, probably going to be a market by itself. Technology news. One of the largest mall owners in the U.S., which is Simon, is talking to Amazon about using abandoned malls, specifically abandoned mall department stores, like shut down Sears and shut down Macy's and stuff like that, as Amazon fulfillment centers, which I absolutely thought that was going to happen. I thought it would be more of the mall, but it makes sense to start with the department stores. And Google has discontinued its flagship Pixel 4 and Pixel 4 XL phones, which they just launched less than a year ago. And I am continuously stunned at how bad Google is at creating and launching consumer products. They have so much technical talent. They make such great stuff. And they can't seem to figure out how to create stuff that people want and then release that stuff that people want with quality and consistency. I honestly don't know how their management allows them to continue scoring own goals on themselves. I just can't believe it keeps happening over five, 10 years at a time. They seriously just can't seem to get out of their own way. Chinese companies have AI-based telemarketing technology that can make 3,000 calls a day. And I'm honestly wondering if this hasn't already been unleashed on the U.S. I don't know if it's AI or just regular automation, but most spam calls I get at this point are in Mandarin. And that's been through probably six months or so, maybe even longer. Human news. One third of Americans say they won't get a COVID-19 vaccination when it comes out. That is one third. One third of America won't get the vaccine. A study has shown that diluting blood plasma of older mice improves their age-related health problems. The title for the populist article was uh, reversing age or something, uh, rolling back the clock. I don't know, some kind of euphemism for basically, please, please click me in the title. But it is some cool science. The current theory is that there are inflammatory agents in older blood and that the removal of some of those agents lead to improvement. And they're working on human trials. There were basically, there was some older research around this. And they were trying to figure out if there was something in the young blood that helped um, older animals get better. Usually mice is what they're doing this on. Or if it was the lack of the old blood. And this one seems to help the latter theory, which is basically saying that if you take some of the oldness out of the plasma, then it just helps you. So they're now pursuing under that theory and going for human trials. Amazon is doing some really interesting stuff with audio only RPG series. That's a role-playing game series. So it's basically like a podcast, but you can play it on your Alexa. You simply ask it to play the Starfinder game and it takes you into RPG episodes, which, which give you evidently, I haven't played it yet, give you the option to choose. So it's like choose your own adventure, which is what a role-playing game is. And uh, yeah, you basically interact with the story and uh, get different outcomes based on what you choose. I just think it's super interesting that they're launching an interactive role-playing game on a smart speaker. So I would say to Amazon, yes, please, 
more of this. Definitely. Debt collectors are doing quite well right now because people are stuck at home. So the collectors actually know where to find them and they have stimulus money. So evidently they are making millions of dollars, which is quite sad. A fascinating new study found that dark triad traits, which are Machiavellianism, narcissism, and psychopathy, predicted both white identitarianism and political correctness authoritarianism. So that's WI and PCA, which you would think that one is on the left and one's on the right, but this is crazy. They are both predicted, or they are both correlated with the dark triad traits of Machiavellianism, narcissism, and psychopathy. So their theory for this, the scientists who did the study, their theory is that the dark triad traits don't actually indicate whether you're left or right, which is what openness and conscientiousness do for um, left and right in the ocean personality test. So basically conscientiousness predicts being conservative and openness uh, predicts being liberal. But this is different. They're saying if you have dark triad traits, you could be either. But what you're willing to do to achieve your goals brings you into either political correctness, authoritarianism, which is the extreme left, or like white identitarianism, which is extreme right. Yeah, so really interesting. It's like a bipartisan mental disorder or personality disorder. Companies. Ginger is an on-demand mental health provider, and they just raised $50 million. They're evidently one of 55 mental health startups that saw major funding in Q2 of 2020. Wonder why that is. Ideas, trends, and analysis. Many are predicting that COVID will actually get worse in the winter. And a lot of people have been saying that. They're saying that happened in 1918 and whatever. Colds and viruses and winter and, you know, burr, shiver, you know, cold makes it easier for viruses to thrive. I've not seen any solid science saying that that's the case, but this is a different theory altogether. It's basically saying that because it's cold outside, not as many people will be outside where they can socially distance, but they will be smashed indoors, breathing the same air close to each other. And that's the reason that the infections will go up. And it seems logical to me. Got an argument here that we're living in the most counterintuitive recession ever with an intense crash followed by a faster recovery than we've ever seen. And there's a whole bunch of stats here. Uh, the unemployment stats, for example, just massive crash. And then I think we're already below 10% unemployment, but it shot up to like over 15%. And just a number of other uh, stats like that. Oh, including debt is going down. Personal debt is going down. Uh, just a number of things that kind of indicate health. And there are some stats coming out of COVID here, financially, economically, that look healthy, uh, which is just very strange. And that's why this article calls it the most counterintuitive recession ever. But definitely worth checking out. And there was a 1,200% increase in Americans giving up their citizenship in the first six months of 2020. So compared to the previous six months, the numbers went from 444 to 5,816. And while that is crazy growth, 
the numbers are still pretty small. I mean, less than 6,000 people. We got what? 400 million people. So 1200% is pretty massive, but when your starting out number is 450, still a pretty small number. And really interesting title here. And I've read part of this, but it's uh, quite interesting. I mean, the, the title is pretty much it. And I've written a number of essays around this. The truth is paywalled, but lies are free. The truth is paywalled, but the lies are free. And I read that like an aphorism of the week, even though it's not, because it is an aphorism. And I, I think it goes to the whole private school thing versus public school. Private schools are doing fine with kids coming back. They have lots of distance. They have extremely well-paid teachers. They've got tons of equipment and resources. And neither the students or the or the parents or the teachers are just like so slammed and so stressed out. They have time. They have money. They can think about doing the right thing uh, where these public schools are just destroyed. The teachers aren't making any money. You know, in a lot of schools, they're just crammed together in, in classrooms. They're just completely different worlds, these private schools versus the public schools. And obviously, there's some exceptions, some very rich public schools, for example. But the general disconnect here is pretty massive. Um, and that's one example. Another example is the jobs that are available to you. Um, again, completely different worlds. And this is another one here, which we've actually talked about this, and I've read a couple books and commented on them in the past as well. The truth is paywalled, but the lies are free. You look at the New York Times, which is not without flaws, but it's a great paper. Wall Street Journal, that's another one I subscribe to. Bloomberg, Economist. These are papers that I subscribe to. I have to subscribe to them, or otherwise I can't you know, read more than a few articles a month. But how many people are subscribed to all those sources? How many people are subscribed to any source at all? Now, what you can get for free is news from Facebook. And that precisely is the problem. The truth is paywalled and the lies are free. Updates. So got a video here of my talk, Mechanizing the Methodology, at DEF CON's Red Team Village this past weekend. Really enjoyed doing this talk and doing the presentation to get ready for it and the slides and everything. I just had a great time. It turned out much better than I thought it was going to. And uh, yeah, it's only about 20 minutes. And I got some really good feedback uh, live while I was in the Discord channel. It was on Saturday morning. And uh, it's up on YouTube, so you should check it out. Mechanizing the Methodology. And the story above about the dark triad traits just made me want to take a test. So I have that tab open. Found a test from some place that seems relatively reputable. And uh, got the link here. And I find myself just want to talk about this real quick. I find myself writing a lot about China and Russia. And since you're listening to this, talking about China and Russia, and I just feel like there's so much China and Russia, especially in the security section. And I'm not super pleased about that. I mean, I'm quite interested in myths and disinformation and in information warfare itself, but I'm not interested in having a show about two or three threat actors, right? Just so happens that China and Russia are the most active in the space right now, and the world's a bit crazy at the moment, and they are taking advantage. 
And it's also security related. And it's also like global kinetic security related, you know, military security related. There's just so many interesting aspects to the whole thing with everything going on cyber wise and physically and everything, surveillance, uh, espionage, all of that. But if you're finding yourself annoyed at how much I'm talking about Russia and China, I can't promise you it'll get better in the short term, but I can promise you that I do notice this fact and I'm not happy about it either. So as soon as I can make that not the case, I, I definitely will be. Discovery. My friend Clint Gibbler does a weekly newsletter called TLDRSEC, and it's the only pure security newsletter that I read. Highly, highly recommended. TLDRSEC by Clint Gibbler. Awesome Concepts, a collection of laws, principles, mental models, and cognitive biases. DEFCON 2020 live notes on various talks. Your calendar should be an allow list, not a block list. Love that. Highly agree, and that's what I do at work as well. Volunteers have built a nationwide database of police records. Paul Graham's recommended book list. A dark triad traits personality test, which is what I talked about above. The workforce is about to change dramatically. Got a few trends in here economically related to work. DEFCON was last weekend. And multi-twitch is a really interesting way to watch remote conferences. So you basically put this thing in and it'll have like, well, probably no one listening to this remembers the Brady Bunch, but you have a giant grid of Twitch streams. So you can kind of see all the talks happening at once and then click in to listen to one that looks like it's interesting based on the visual that you're seeing. And I will definitely be using this interface to watch future conferences where they have multiple tracks going at once. And recommendations. Check out my recent talk at DEF CON, the Red Team Village at DEF CON. It was called Mechanizing the Methodology. I already talked about it above. And the aphorism for the week, power corrupts the few while weakness corrupts the many. Power corrupts the few while weakness corrupts the many. Eric Hoffer. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. The show is not supported by ads because I think they're annoying and toxic to the future of content creation. So if you enjoy the show, you can support it directly for just $5 a month or $50 a year, which is two months for free. Members get quite a few things. Most notably, they get the newsletter every week instead of just twice a month. They get access to the archives. They get access to the UL Slack community where we have great conversations happening all week long. And members also get access to the UL Book Club, where we pick a book a month and talk about it live as a group. To become a member, just head over to danielmeisler.com slash subscribe. And thank you so much to everyone who is already a member. I truly appreciate every one of you. We'll see you next time. Thank you.